Hey, everybody. Welcome to Surface Level, curious conversations about the Black and queer experience. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan, and today, Tony, Damon, and I are back for a bonus two-part miniseries. Season 7's theme was all around Earth, Wind, and Fire, and today, the theme is water. Exploring the fluidity in our sex lives and our relationships. How has society shaped our sexual identity and roles in the bedroom? Is our preference for open or monogamous relationships based on personal choice or societal influence? This is Make Me Water, Part 1. Ooh, you <laughs> said Part 1, so you're going to make me water twice. Exactly. Two rounds. Just like the chorus. You look wet over there in that uh, blue sweater polo. Well, you know, I wanted to wear my water my water outfit <laughs> tonight. Sweater up. Water dance. She's a rain. Was it was a rain man? <laughs> Not rain man. The what? rain man. Oh, rain man. I missed that one. <laughs> water. Beautiful. Is it a film? Rain, rain man? man. Rain man's a film. Oh yeah. Yes. So speaking of water. <laughs> Is that water? That, that, which this is not. There's water after it was turned to wine. <laughs> I think today's guest is going to make the girls water. Oh. So let me go ahead and introduce him. He's very near and dear to our heart. And when I think of him, I think about how an auntie embraces their niece and nephew in, in their bosom. Yes, niece. And that's, so that's why I call him niece. <laughs> the people know him from his iconic digital series entitled Hopeless Romantic Society. And if you know anything about this series, you know that he's going to shake the table. So today, join us in welcoming Jihad J.C. Carter to our Surface Level family. Hi, Ooh. everyone. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? Welcome. Welcome. Listen. Thank you for having me. I'm excited that you're here. Yeah. It's giving. Don't shake the table unless you're ready to get shook. Okay. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> well, you know, Jaha's here to wake it up, apparently. That's what I heard. Wait, y'all want me to wake it up now? Or are we going to... No, we, no, we, you're going to have a up. lot of time to wake it up. We got two parts. Okay. Just stretch. <laughs> you know, stretch first. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's start with a fun game, as we always do, to just kind of like ease the girls in, let the girls get a little bit more comfortable. And I'm going to call this one romantically hopeless. So mm. I'm going to give you all a few scenarios and we're going to find out just what type of hopeless romantic you are. Okay. okay. So scenario one, you're planning a romantic date night. What's your idea of a perfect evening? One, candlelit dinner at a cozy upscale restaurant. Or two, a picnic under the stars with homemade sandwiches and stargazing. Well, do you have to do homemade sandwiches? That was the thing it's, that threw it off for me. <laughs> well, those are the those are the options. Because picnic can be cheap, but you can bring expensive things to the picnic. Yeah. So, but this one says <laughs> candlelit my game candlelit <laughs> candlelit cozy dinner. Well, I guess at an upscale restaurant or a picnic under the stars with homemade sandwiches and stargazing. Which of the two? I'm gonna I'm, go with picnic. I'm gonna go with the picnic too. Okay, Jordan restaurant <laughs> bougie yeah you i know. think i think for it's me cozy. it's a cozy restaurant <laughs> for, it, it, right it's cozy i i, I like the, the picnic option under the stars we, we can't be in new york city because we don't see any stars here scenario two you have a chance to express your love in a grand gesture how do you do it one a surprise proposal during a hot air balloon ride at sunset or two a heartfelt love letter or poem delivered in a sentimental way. Two. 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 
You're not proposing. You're not going to be able to escape. <laughs> you're not going to be able to escape. If they say no, you can't escape. You can't go mm. nowhere. In the hot air balloon? Mm. Well, you shouldn't be proposing well, if, you, if, you, if there's a... I was getting... If there's, <laughs> if there's, if there's a, a if, chance. If you don't think that person's saying yes, <laughs> like, you aren't very, very certain. That's an awkward a hot air balloon after that. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. all right, let's bring it on down to earth. Push them on out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to this one here. Your partner had a rough day at work. How do you comfort them? <laughs> a surprise spa day to help them relax and unwind? Or a heartfelt conversation and a warm embrace to let them know that you're there for them. Heartfelt conversation. Conversation. A heart- heartfelt conversation. conversation. Oh, yeah. really? Hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I think I would like a heartfelt conversation and a, a, a massage. So maybe you can <laughs> <laughs> rub my feet while you talk to me. About my <laughs> right. I think that would be cute for me. All right. You want to surprise your partner just because what's your idea? Leave a trail of rose petals, leading them to, to a gift and a sweet note. Or plan a spontaneous weekend road trip that they to a place that they've always wanted to visit. Wait, what was the option one? Option one was leave a trail of rose petals leading to a gift or a sweet note. Oh. Well, I feel like the rose petals would take more time. Don't be leaving shit all over my trip. damn house. The rose, <laughs> the, ro- the rose petals mm-hmm. would take more time. But the, is that what you would choose? No. So you would choose the road trip, the road trip mm-hmm. to a place that they've always because it's just to go random. To. It's cute. Um, Jordan, um, I don't know. I don't love road trips. Mm. I don't love road trips. It depends or rose on how petals. long they are. Um, so I think rose petals would probably be easier to manage. Okay, Demon, we gonna go on a short road trip. The <laughs> <A> short ones, <laughs> right? Specifically <laughs> short. Want us to go to Philadelphia? <laughs> Specifically short. You know, I I think the rose petals leading up to the bed, and maybe I, instead of the note, it's like me. Oh, oh, okay. You, you know, got, you got you got a sushi platter on your neck. And body. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be like, gonna be Samantha, sushi, like Samantha Jones. <laughs> I know, come through Kim Cattrall. It's gonna be a little raw meat. You Samantha Jones and uh, Sex in the City. <laughs> Not a little raw. All right, meat. let's do. <laughs> what, did you, what did you say? What did you say? I said not a little raw meat. <laughs> not a little, a little raw meat. <laughs> that sushi chat. A little raw fish. <laughs> I hate you. Let me see. All right, I'm gonna do one more. Which one do I want to do here? Okay, let's do this one. Uh, your partner is feeling nostalgic. How do you make them smile? Create a scrapbook filled with memories of your time together or revisit a place where you had your first date for a romantic evening. I don't got all time for no scrapbook. You ain't got time for a scrapbook? No. I got a many, scrapbook I got would be many so jobs. cute, I think. I got many jobs. <laughs> and, one of your, and one of your jobs is not keeping them happy. <laughs> exactly. Or making them smile. We got to be happy together. We can go do a little stroll to the first date. You could do a stroll to the first date? Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Jordan. I think I would do a scrapbook. I think that would be really nice. I like the idea of a scrapbook myself. Yeah. Because it's like something that is really meaningful and thoughtful and you put time into it. And it's a keepsake. It's a keepsake for sure. Yeah. Come on. Who's keeping all that shit around there? Right. House? I don't have shit to make a scrapbook. Right. With. I mean, Child. it doesn't have to be a coffee table book. It could just be a nice. <laughs> you got one a one page scrap this, this scrap that, note. <laughs> postcard, baby. This she is the, a scrap postcard. This is the activity queen and gonna say she don't want to make a scrapbook, but be ready to paint and I'm draw. I'm sure she has made a scrapbook already. I'm sure she has. I, me, my ex a, me and my ex did a scrapbook at the end of each year. I didn't like it. Oh. Um, See, why trauma. That Wait, was why, trauma. Why didn't you like the trauma response? Why didn't you like it? I 
I like for the art I do to just like organically be something that I'm feeling versus feeling like an assignment we've signed ourselves up for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully. And I was like less inspired by it. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many years? Sorry. That we were together? Mm-hmm. That we did the scrapbook? Yeah. We did the scrapbook <laughs> like two years. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, cute. And last but not least. <laughs> <laughs> for Jahai, for our guest. We always ask this to our, um, everyone that comes and pulls up to the surface level table. And we want to know from you, what are you curious about? I'm curious about a lot of things. I mean. What's the one? Wait, why y'all looking at me? Because I've tried to. Because we're asking you a question. Y'all know I can be a little devious. We're being active. Okay. And I've only been curious about one thing. And I feel like I asked you this already before, Jordan. Oh, go ahead. Speak up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So trigger warning out of the three of y'all. Has any of y'all ever had a crush on one of the other? Oh, the, I love when the girls turn a question back. That's on what you're curious about. <laughs> I've always been. I mean, <laughs> curiosity is a question, no? I mean, I, I, yeah, at different times. Oh, um, different times. Centuries ago. Yeah, it was a very long time ago. I think that when I first saw Demon in college, I was just like, oh, he's cute. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And um, there was a point, maybe like. Three years after me and Tony got close, and I was just like, maybe I should roll around with Tony. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think that my friends have a lot of really beautiful qualities, and I think it's very understandable why anybody would have a crush on them. Period. Uh, I would say the same. I don't know if I've had a crush on Taman. Ooh, <laughs> not to say Taman's yeah sickening, stunning, gorgeous. <laughs> Great skin, um, but I think skin. maybe <laughs> Jordan. I don't think I've had a crush on Jordan. I just always thought Jordan was very attractive, just as I think Demond is attractive. But I don't. I never thought about us romantically. Mm. Um, but maybe rolling around, sure, absolutely, we can roll. We can always roll. Everybody gets a roll on. Everybody gets a roll on. Right, and that's all the time we have this week. We got to go roll. <laughs> wait, 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 Demond, you didn't answer. Uh, yeah, I had a crush on Jordan at one point. When we were like in college. Um. And then I don't know, Tony. I can always roll around with Tony. She, she, she's keep y'all everything be, wait, locked be, up over there. Y'all be rolling around? No, no. It's not too far. <laughs> too devious. <laughs> but we, we could. It's the, it's the thing. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be before, before the world ends. It's giving. So what now? <laughs> <laughs> what are we having for brunch? <laughs> what are we having for brunch? Okay, so let's jump into the conversation. Oh. Mm. And this one is gonna be. I can tell. That is going to be <laughs> a winding road. Just I mean, in general, this conversation is going to go there. Okay. So let's start here and talking about our first sexual experience. Oh, no. How old were we? What was our role in that experience? And how was it? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I was 19. And he had a really small penis. So I was like, oh. I was okay to bottom. If you know what I'm saying. Mm, But it still kind of hurt a little bit. Like, I wasn't expecting it to hurt. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I was kind of nervous. And he was like, DL. I used to always see him on campus. He was, like, really, really popular. And I didn't really, like, finish. And, like, I walked away. And I was like, well, I I guess I am gay. Like, I wasn't really sure. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't really sure. But I felt like I was supposed to be doing that. You know what I'm saying? It felt, like, natural. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Cute. Um, I was nineteen too. Really? Yeah. It was. Um, it was the. I think it was like the summer between freshman and sophomore mm-hmm. year, 
or maybe I was 18. Um, it was in a car mm-hmm. in a parking lot. What kind of car do you remember? I don't remember. I'm not really great with cars. Okay. Um, <laughs> just getting in any car. <laughs> well, I knew who, I knew who was in charge of the car. <laughs> oh, I didn't just get into a car. Kind of to, Come here. Um, <laughs> and I was the bottom in the situation. Hmm. Um, I think after the deed was done, um, I was a little shocked and stunned. Um, mostly because I was just like, first of all, there was like shame mm-hmm. coming in. I was like, oh my god, like right. I guess I really am gay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had sex. Yeah. And then on top of that, it was in a car. So what does that say about me? Well. <laughs> and so I felt very sad um, uh-huh. after leaving the first hookup. It was I went back for seconds and thirds and fourths and fifths and sixths. Oh, wow. Um, that, that, that night? She was on an no. emo- she was, she was, she was emotional roller coaster. Well, but then she you said, know, no, I got to get back on that line. Go back up. I had to figure it out. But yeah, I just, you know, that's that's how it was. It was it was fine. Like, it was nothing that the other person did to make me uncomfortable. It was more so just like me coming to realization that... Um, there ain't no going back. I can't. Um, I can't undo what just happened. No so takesies, backsies. No, I'm. We gay out here. We <laughs> gay out here. Demi. You gay. My first sexual experience. I had sex with a girl. Oh. I was sixteen. Sixteen. Um, <laughs> had sex with a girl. <laughs> See, so, she, so Demond is the only non-gold star gay at the Tony. table. Tony, are you a gold star gay? No, no, no. I'm just laughing at okay. Tony. Okay. okay. Uh, it was fun. I enjoy yeah. it. Uh, it's like I would say I, like, I identify as queer, not specifically gay, because I am attracted to pe- other people than just cisgendered men. Yeah. Um, and I think it it was more shame for me trying to figure out the totality of what all that meant more than shame around the experience. It was fucking fun. I had a good time. Oh. Were you the top or the bottom? Oh, I was doing the bend. <laughs> <laughs> would you do it again? Yeah, I've had, oh. I've had sex with multiple women. Oh, yes. <laughs> right, I'm like, we'll work. We're going to have to get into that. <laughs> Listen, pussy is pussy. Um, for me, I think I was 17 or 16. It was in high school. It was a guy that found me on like MySpace that was in a different school. I was on a step team. So he came to a step show and saw me and then found me on MySpace and started communicating with me. And Word. then we like went on a movie date. And it was one of those situations where, like, the first time, if I could get that feeling back, you know how when they say about, like, drugs and stuff, always chasing <laughs> chasing that high? Because, like, just sitting by him in the theater, I could smell the cologne. I could, yeah. I mm-hmm. felt like, oh, my God, you know, like, the movie, I don't even know yeah. what we watched. <laughs> and, like, yeah, that whole time, you know, we didn't, I don't think we really, like, touched in the movie theater, but then, like, afterwards, we got in, I think it was my car, and drove to, like... Because this was in Virginia, so there's plenty of open like fields, fields, and that's what it was. We went to like a, a grass field. It was like high wow. grass, very poetic. It's like, it's like um, a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we we commenced to clap cheeks, not clapping underneath cheeks, the moonlight because <laughs> it wasn't um it wasn't penetrative sex. It was oh, just you were kissing, and and he he finally like I think made the move on the kiss. I wanted to, but I didn't. And then, like, we made out, and then it was given, like, just oral sex. Oh. And mutual, like? I, yes, mutual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Were you good at it? Um, I'm good at everything. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, that was that. And then the first time I had, well, the first time I had, 
penetrated. Well, it wasn't me being penetrated. It was me being the top. And that was in college. And that was, uh, it was good. It was just unexpected. It was in a dorm room. It was like, it was like, wow, this is happening. <laughs> and then the first time I got topped, it was giving, whoa. <laughs> and then it was like, ooh, like that feels better than I thought it would. I want that feeling again. Mm. So it was like that. And then, you know, th- thus commenced my verse <laughs> lifestyle. Oh, period. Yeah. Period. Oh, you got into your verse bag early. I got into the verse bag real early. <laughs> so speaking of positions and roles and all that good stuff, I'm curious about if any of us have felt that society predetermined our sexual role based on our earlier sexual relationships. Is that the question we want to ask? So it's like more so talking about like when you were just getting comfortable with your sexuality, do you feel like society imposed on what that should look like? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I'll go ahead and answer it because I'm like, what do you do with a butch queen? Uh-huh. I, ju- I don't know if I felt like society made me feel like I need to bottom or top necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt that I could do both. Right. But I think when it comes to physicality and when thinking about like the type of person I'm dealing with, right. if they were taller or uh, just more masculine than I was, and I automatically was like, I want this person to top me. Mm-hmm. And if they were someone that I felt I'm a little bit more masculine or a little bit more, um, I don't know, the, yeah, I guess more masculine is what dominant. I want to say, or more dominant, then I want to dominate them. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I ever felt like society has me in this bottom role and therefore that's what I feel like I have to do. Mm-hmm. Or I think some people say like my dick is small and so I just felt like I had to be a bottom because I don't ha- like who gonna let me top them. Wait, someone told you that? No one told me that, baby. I'm just saying some people feel <laughs> some people feel like that. That they have to choose that role because mm-hmm. if they don't if they feel like their equipment isn't big enough or big, they just feel like I'm naturally going to be like the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, you both you both pull out your dick and it's giving okay, girl. We <laughs> see who's this bigger here. <laughs> so that's what it gives sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I think earlier, like when I was just figuring out my sexuality, like I wasn't very, I wasn't really like the pursuer. Like mm-hmm. I was. I just kind of responded to the attention that I received mm-hmm. because I didn't really know what to do with it. I didn't really have as much confidence. Like I thinking about 18, 19, 20 years old, I was not going up to a guy and being like, what's good? Yeah. Like I just wasn't. And so I ended up mostly having sexual relationships with people who like had that confidence and came up to me, which happened to be um, older tops. And so I think that through through college, I don't even, did I even top in college i don't remember um which should let you know that it happened very rarely i did i I remember one time but um i yeah i had that kind of thing where i don't know why these um obviously age i guess plays a part in it um in some people's like idea of like who should top and who should bottom but then when i came to new york it was kind of like the inverse because i was actually like going out i was more comfortable with myself i was going out and um i was meeting people and then i realized that a lot of um, people were gravitating towards me and expecting me to be a top. Uh, and the reason why I felt like a lot of people were saying is because I was tall. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I had to like deal with like both ends of the spectrum until I like, you know, mm-hmm. manifested to what we are today, mm-hmm. which is first. <laughs> but it took a while because I just felt like 
I was reacting to whatever people were expecting from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I think when when I did first start uh, having sex with guys, it was very v- extremely private. Like me, another friend of mine in college, just figuring our bodies out. And I think in that space, when I was young, like it was just very free. We were just high top, he top. We're like we were just figuring out like what do you like, what do I like. And what I th- do you mean very private? Like nobody knew. Oh. And what I'm saying is that until I st- became like a part of the community or came out, like, and that was a few years after me starting to have sex with the guys. Mm-hmm. Like that's when it started to become well, you. Well, at that point, I was like a hundred and. 35 fucking pounds they're like you're a little light-skinned twink <laughs> like you're a bottom and they're like i didn't i never felt that way until i started engaging with other people in the queer community mm-hmm. because then like there were all these expectations on me that were very different from like just me and this guy experimenting and, and learning ourselves and what we like and, and honestly today in the my confidence as an older person it's probably more in line with that exploratory phase mm-hmm. versus like what that like where people put on you what they think you should be. Yeah. Um, so that was an interesting dynamic, like where the early part of it, the very, very private part, I felt more free in the mm. sexual experience. Yeah, that is And then when I came out, it just became like, okay, great. You over there. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> so, walk around a room and then somebody see a little cheeks and they be like, okay, uh, right. we're going to descend on this one and this one's going to bottom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I ever felt like society was telling me if I should be a top or a bottom. It was always my urges. You ever just like walk past somebody and be like, I want to top them right now. <laughs> like, it's like magnetism almost. It's yeah. like your body tells you, I listen to that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. I, I like to think of myself as a true verse because I'm good at both. Okay. That's what I like to think. I don't know what my, you know, my past no, would be like confident, to say. Be confident. Don't, okay, don't right. Think be about confident. It. I'm you confident. good at both. But I'm the good at period. be fake news sometimes. Say what? The Carfax be fake news sometimes. Maybe so you don't yours. have to worry about the reviews. Oh, maybe yours. Well, you're the one that's confused and unsure. <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> I'm trying to defend you. Okay, calm down. All right. Well, Not too go. much of me, but like I was saying, it just feels like magnetism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You ever just feel like it's like you're with a specific person and you know what you want to do with them. You know what I'm saying? You And it kind of just like, you both kind of feel it and it just naturally happens. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It happens in the moment. No one says I'm top and or I'm bottom. It just... I hope y'all both clean. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think continuing with talking about roles and things, like has anyone here ever been kind of bottom shamed? Or um, do you have any instances, anything you'd like to share? Oh, go on, bottom go shamed, babe. Jihad? This just recently happened. Because I feel like I have a tighter sphincter than most. Oh, oh right now. We, tight, tight. A balloon knot. <laughs> a balloon knot. But I think oh I'm just, I because I, I don't know. I'm attracted to big dick energy, let me just say. Big dick energy, energy or? But it, sometimes the energy matched. With, okay. It matches. Okay. Sometimes. Would sometimes. you agree? Yes. I think sometimes people oversell and underdeliver. <laughs> sometimes people overdeliver. And under promise and over deliver. Like I think that it works both ways. Sometimes it's, it's always a good thing when you like just what I wanted, <laughs> just what I was hoping for, just right. <laughs> but I feel like because I'm a little tighter than some, I feel like when I'm messing with men who like are a little bit bigger, they're like a little bit rougher, and they're like they're like impatient. They're not really like delicate, and they're like you're too tight, or you need to do this before you come here. Like you need to Ooh. really take your own responsibility for. All kinds of weird, like real weird stuff that 
I've dated with men who will say shit like that. And I'm like, okay, this is a little bit too much. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. let's be patient. How about you want to learn my body? How about you work it out of me? How about, yeah. I don't need a trainer, but it would be nice. Like, it, you know, I feel like that's hot to me. But I mm-hmm. am a little younger, so I'm, I'm curious what y'all would like to say. No shade. And for the people, <laughs> just since we're talking about age, how old are you? I'm 25. Okay. Well, <laughs> we got what Jamon said as, a, as an older woman. I'm, I'm a better woman. <laughs> I'm an elder. I, I don't get older. I get better. <laughs> so there's a 10-year age gap here, which is nice. We, I love that dynamic in the generational conversation here. Um, but I don't know if I've been bottom-chained necessarily or if I felt bottom-chained. I do remember there was a comment someone made about the podcast where they in our DMs. They were, they were like, they went to fuck all the three of us. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Girl, that's assumptive. Um, but yeah, I don't... I because I, I feel like bottom, when it comes to bottom shaming, it's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't feed into that energy. Like when people say that, it's like, oh, you shut up, you bottom or X, Y, and Z. It's like, how is that mm-hmm. an insult? Like, girl, okay, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. bottoming is fun, right? I'm like, right. what? What's the tea? Like, yeah. it's just like when people w- would say like, use gay as an insult. Mm-hmm. You know, like straight folks um, using gay as an insult. I feel like in the community when we when we say like, oh, them bottoms over there, yada yada yada. It's just yeah. like. Mm, Girl, what's the t- what is that about? Yeah, you know. I mean, so I I had a situation, a sexual situation with um, someone who they bottomed the entire time in the in that situation, and I topped the entire time. And then once that situation ended, um, I guess they caught wind of the fact that I bottom for a different person, Ooh. and in a room full of people said, "Oh, Jordan ain't nothing but a big old bottom." <gasps> um, that's a gag, and. My reaction was not for you, sis. <laughs> and in hindsight, looking back to then, because I was in my early 20s, like that was bottom shaming too. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like this person is, you know, insulting me for um, enjoying something that they've done exclusively for me. Um, and then the way that I sort of reacted to that negative comment was to be like well you're a bigger bottom than me and that's why you couldn't top me and i think that Mm. you know it i think that yes to your point tony like it is similar to how straight people use the term gay but i think the part that um bothers me a bit more about bottom shaming is that it's happening in our own community Mm. yeah and it's like every bottom is a bottom and every top Needs a bottom, so it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, why are we doing this? You right. know what gay I mean? Math. I like it, it, it really That's just gay come, math. It, I mean, it just really comes down to like us ascribing or prescribing um, value to anything masculine and um, devaluing anything feminine. Mm. And it happens outside of just sexual roles, but um, that's ultimately what it is. And so, yeah, but I think present day, um, I have a lot more confidence in the conversation. And like, I haven't been bottom shamed in years, but I can't even, well, I can't imagine how that conversation would go. It would literally (laughs) just be me asking them about their ideas about femininity and, you know, hate speech, basically. (laughs) So. Yeah. No, it's interesting when I was thinking about this, it wasn't specifically me being shamed, but I remember more when we were younger, like people would have conversations where it's like, they'd be like, oh, I can top all I want, but I can only bottoms for certain people. And they would talk about Mm -hmm. bottoming as if in this like heteronormative way that was like the way that people talk about women. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like I, I can't get fucked a lot, but I can do all the fucking as if oh, you were a man right. or woman. And that mm-hmm. used to drive me fucking crazy. And it was interesting <laughs> be- and it was and and wow, like thinking about this conversation, I was in my like very like heavy on the bottom phase of life mm-hmm. partly because I thought that's just what I should be because we were young and impressionable. Yeah. But even in doing that, I was just like, so what I like to get fucked mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't like make me um, any less than or any more deviant or any more active than you. If you are yeah. doing pure topping right. or just getting your dick sucked or whatever, whatever you want to do. And like that, that like there was this false equivalency like right. that would happen and it would drive me insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's also a crazy double standard in like guys who bottom or choose to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, if and if you if that's what you get into and you're doing it often or you're doing it a lot or whatever the case may be, it's like you're more of a hoe than a top who's fucking right. putting their dick in everybody. Or just right. like and people take that thought process in so many different places. Like couples that'll be like, we can have a threesome, but like we have to bring in a bottom. Like I don't want to see you get fucked by somebody else mm-hmm. as if like that yeah, means something more yeah. and i'm just like what like right like you can have a pass you can be a top but like i can't allow you to be right. a bottom and it's yeah absolutely i've definitely heard that one before yeah and i and i think it's really fucking nasty work as tony would say <laughs> it's nasty work <laughs> um but moving forward tony a few weeks ago actually you mentioned uh the idea of top shaming so mm-hmm. i want to know if you wanted to expand a bit more on that we're into this yeah. right um, what top shaming? Top shaming. I don't. I'm not like into shaming of anybody. <laughs> um, however, I I do think that there's a conversation that is happening on both sides of this mm. specific topic, and I see it on on social media. Um, and since we're here, Ron and I, I just not the found, glasses. I found a little something, <laughs> a, little um, a little snippet. I'm gonna call it. This is from Anonymous, but it says that for gay men, higher levels of internalized anti-gay prejudice will predict a preference for masculine presenting individuals. Mm -hmm. And so what that is telling me is that (laughs) the girls aren't doing the work. There's a lot of internal trauma, internal issues um, that have been left undealt with. Mm -hmm. And so people then take that internalization and project it. Oh, Onto other folks. Come on, Candace. <laughs> and you know, I, I I think that I've also heard about guys that speak about, and and I don't know. Well, maybe this might still be the case for some. Where it's like, when it comes to guys that they would let top them, they have to fit this certain criteria of like mm-hmm. a trade criteria, and anything that falls out of that line, or yeah, out of those bounds, is a chop. And it could be. I was think I was equating it to like. Differently, but when when Carisha, when we're talking about straight folks, and she was like, My man can't be smoking no hookah. I don't want to see, I don't like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's the same as like in the gay community for a guy to be saying, if a guy were to say that about a guy topping them, like, My man can't smoke no hookah. My man can't kiki with friends. It's it's anything that's like could be deemed Mm -hmm. feminine is not. I think okay. Yeah. And I think maybe the language is more so back to what Jordan's saying about shaming femininity in all of its forms. Mm -hmm. Where like, the, the the limp or the wrist you're like the further you are from topping me or if like this like fucking male obsession we have with comparing dick sizes like if I got a bigger dick so I'm gonna top you nigga <laughs> shut up <laughs> like that, like it's just like we we like we have these like goalposts for masculinity and the further you, and like even not even going all the way to the concept of like the trade like there's a 
the whole range of things that like okay maybe this is a trade and this is like the girl <laughs> and then you're like i can go everywhere up until this level mm, and like yeah. that it's just mm. like fucking silly get you a blouse we said that i don't remember what episode blouses it was. Get are you a blouse. i like a blouse. blouses are really nice I, I, sometimes i am a blouse exactly. and the blouse is probably going to take their time to be the trainer that's what you need be the teacher <laughs> and be mindful and conscientious mm-hmm. right. and patient so yeah i mean we i think we because a blouse knows what a a blouse needs. Blouse. <laughs> <laughs> blouse knows how to unbutton the blouse. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if I knew if I knew any like specific. I mean, there's a there's a ton of like instances, Blouses. right? No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm th- sorry, I'm going back <laughs> to like the. She's top, like, top, I have a list. <laughs> the, the top shaming. No, I'm thinking about just like the the concept of like top shaming. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about just like in the past of like being a part of conversations and hearing, um, you know, people talk about like. Who is allowed to top them? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I agree. It always leans towards whoever feels or appears or presents the most closely to a straight, right, heterosexual male mm-hmm. um, wins the prize. And then you have these concepts like your favorite tops top. Like when you have you have your top, but mm-hmm. your top has a top that's right. even more right. masculine and straight presenting than that. And then and the train like, over there wanted some damn dick. <laughs> Listen, nobody want to do tra- the, tra- the trade always wants to <laughs> be clear <laughs> if like, you if you learn nothing from um, Kokomo, Kokomo City. City go watch it <laughs> right but I think or watch it again if you have <laughs> and you ain't learned nothing further on that like in the concept of fluidity which a lot of this is about have you all ever been in relationships beyond a homosexual relationship bisexuality pansexuality exploring these things how are your experiences affected by stereotypes in society has anybody ever? No, I actually was close, though. I mean, there okay. was a trans man that was really into me. And I mm. was also really into him. And his roommate, they kind of wanted to, like, you know, do a little hot potato mm. with me. Bounce you around? <laughs> yes. But I never went forward with it. But I think that's the closest, closest that I've ever been. Like, mm. nothing after that. Was there, like, a... Was there like a specific reason you care to share about why you weren't able to go forward with it? Well, I think it's because they also were, you know, I think they were had transitioned not too, too long ago. So they were still a little bit in like, not the lesbian drama, but you know what I mean? Like they have like girlfriends on girlfriends mm-hmm. that were all in my friend groups. And I think it was like very all encompassing and a little bit too closed in for me. And I got a little... Scared by that, and I ran away. Do you get what I'm saying? So you didn't know how to navigate the social Mm-mm. structure. Because I had like one really close friend. I had one really close friend that was like girlfriends with her, with his ex girlfriend, and then she was also kind of into me a little bit, and then he was also into. Me. It was just like very like, I wasn't really sure how to navigate that, and I just didn't. But if it was just like you know him and his roommate, that would have been really fun. That was a new experience for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never been with a trans man. I would love to. It's something that I'm like interested in. I just never mm-hmm. had like a very isolated incident to do so. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I, so I too have seen some fine ass trans men that I that I'm into mm-hmm. and would and would experiment with that. I think that, but I haven't I haven't experienced experienced with anyone outside of uh, cisgender gay men. Mm-hmm. Um, I tr- I tried the cisgender woman thing. How does that work out? She gay. 
<laughs> I, don't, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Get it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do it. We cuddle. But I was just like, this is too much pressure for me. This was in college. Uh, the, uh, this this girl was really nice and pretty. We had a great like rapport. She was um, attracted to me, and I can tell that she wanted something mm. sexual. And I was just like. I can't do this. Um, and so I don't know if I have any enthusiasm around exploring there. Like there's nothing like pulling me. The, yeah, my response to this question would be no. Like I've not been interested in, in exploring other sexual identity. Well, sexual relationships, I guess, with other identities. Is that gender identity? Gender identities. Well, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not alone. I just, I do want to understand how a vagina feels. I, like, I know how a booty hole feels. Okay. But I don't know how a vagina feels. Like I've, yeah. I've heard great things. Lovely. Oh, um, oh, right. Let's get some, <laughs> let's get some qualitative <laughs> well, feedback. Well, you know what? When I was thinking about this, it's, it's interesting when I had girlfriends in high school, I dated girls for a, a period of college. Um, and I think like now I say I'm queer and I don't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I was yeah, mm-hmm. purely gay. I would say that I'm most attracted to cisgendered men, but like I still have attraction to certain women, mm-hmm. uh, trans men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if I had the language back then, mm. I may like my, the the trajectory of like the life I've lived would be a bit different um, and would have mm. had more diversified experiences. Mm. I think that when I was in that space in my life, I, I was I was in the space of, okay, am I hiding something and then doing something wrong by mm. like thinking about men but then like she's still really pretty and i'm like into mm-hmm. this yeah um and i think that i shut down that part of my life yeah. um yeah. once i started um experimenting with guys because i felt like i didn't have the language of bisexuality pansexuality being queer like whatever label we want to put on it but like all i knew was like i was thinking of this binary Right. Yeah. I'm either straight, we get married, we have kids, mm-hmm. we together forever. And then in my head, I was like, that sounds miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that combination, even with a man in that very traditional sense, would also be miserable. Mm. I just didn't understand how to think that way at that point in my life. I mean, a lot of people didn't have that language. And even when people do have the language of bisexuality and pansexuality, people have to deal with like outside opinions mm-hmm. imposing their thoughts on what that means mm-hmm. right like we know bisexual people who come out and say i'm bisexual and, and they're like have you people, gay right you have people on other mostly people saying that you're actually gay mm-hmm. and you are ashamed of it and mm-hmm. so you're trying to throw right. us a bone by right. saying that you're still interested in the opposite gender right yeah um yeah, i think the only way i would ever experiment with a vagina is on with a trans man who mm-hmm. still has a vagina um, that would be probably a lot of fun. I've heard it's a good time. <laughs> they like um, to give it up. I, I would take it down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but the mom, what was when was the last time you had sex with a, with a um like that Tia freshman year of college? Oh, okay. So, is there a reason why you haven't um jumped back into the party since college? There we go, the lady pool. No, I've like. I think for a very long time, there was just a lot of shame with having mm. conflicting feelings about different gender yeah. attraction. Right. Um, and for me, I was like, well, I have to be a good gay. Right. And I have to figure <laughs> out this. And like for that long time, I was just like, I'm gay. I got I got it. Like, this is the thing. Yeah. Um, and I think until maybe even more recently with like more visibility f- with trans men, um, understanding I'm like, sometimes I should be looking like, I'm like, she's hot fucking hot. Like there are like thinking of cis women. I'm just like, at this point in my life, I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. I would like to see it. I would like to see it as well. I'm not, this yeah, is not I, don't, a, I don't know that I could be aroused. I don't know if I could feel it. I don't know if I would get sexually aroused and turned on with a woman. But who have knows? you ever? Have you ever had an erection from a transgender woman in high school? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I have too, oh. but terrified to do anything about child, it. I yeah, feel like I would. I, I would end up. What do y'all think is going to I would probably had you? a child by now. I don't know. I'll be, I'll be ashamed and heckled. Right. Gay. <laughs> He's gay. <laughs> get him out of here. Who let this sissy in here to have sex with me? Child, uh, I, I, I'm almost guaranteed that I probably would have a child or two by now if I had Period. had sex with a woman. That's cute. Um, so I, can, I can see that. What's the I'm grateful to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be gay. <laughs> well, um, so speaking of like exploring yourself sexually, what advice do or can we offer to people who are interested in, in exploring sexually but might be worried about the backlash that they receive. Uh, what backlash? Like homophobic back, backlash? Yeah, backlash from people saying, you know, shaming them or calling them names yeah. or making them feel, right. you know, less than for having those uh, well, desires. Mine is really quick and simple. And it, it goes back to like when we were talking about bottom shaming mm -hmm. in general. Like, God put the G spot the booty hole for like a reason <laughs> so i'm like why is it up there can we explore that like why do you think it's up there? let's talk about like it. let's find i it. think that's a very valid question like that so i'm like if it's up there for a reason then you know yeah it's supposed to be used yeah i am Period. seeing more um cisgender heterosexual men on twitter uh doing mm. more uh anal play um like and i'm looking too. at the comments and people are it, shaming them for it and they have to be strong to say I don't care what you think but right. it is because it's they, still straight did they shame right. did it's they still shame, straight uh, right. Tank when he said he like his booty ate period mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if they did or because I felt yeah, like women got even more into him because he's just like that kind of guy was girls like, like doing it yeah, a girls, little razzle dazzle like which is honesty right uh, yeah. it's a breath of fresh air right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that you know I'm here today to push the gay agenda Mm -hmm. As you can see on my shirt, you can go buy one of these on the shop at surfacelevelpodcast.com. <laughs> and when it comes to pushing the gay agenda, I always feel that the, the sooner that you can get and move away from caring about what other people think, the quicker you can get to the path to glory and mm -hmm. happiness. So that is my thing. Like, it's work. It's hard work. It's not easy. But I'm telling you, that's the path to, to freedom. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I would say, fuck these people, literally and figuratively. Um, and I would say that confidence in what you like is much more important than um, what is going on around you. Mm -hmm. Because even if you decide to go for it, if you're not confident about it and you're overthinking, like, what does Jordan think about me or what does yeah. Tony think about me? You're not even going to enjoy the experience. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think the whole thing really lies within you. And I would say... And I would just wrap up and say the more important things I would say to consider when talking about sex are consent, sexual health, um, all the things you want to do as far as levels to protect your health and how you want to interact with people and how you all talk about those things. Mm. That is, if you want to like wreck your brain about something, wreck your brain about like, how do we make sure we're safe doing this? How do we make sure everybody's consenting to something? Like that's right. the, where I think we should be putting our thought, time and energy. 
Something else that I feel like, because I feel like this had stopped me from bottoming a lot when I was a little younger. And when I say a little younger, I mean last year. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But I feel like like with like cleaning out and like douching, I feel like it's kind of like spades. Nobody want to talk about it. Nobody want to teach you anything. You just got to learn how to do it on your own. And I feel like that's something I'm really still overcoming Mm -hmm. to this day. And it's like really a really, really tough subject to even think about. Well, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because right. I have brought to the surface, <laughs> the surface level planning meetings you have. that season I want to talk season. about the process of sexual what's it, what's okay. hygiene, yeah. Um, yeah. care, how to properly yeah. do, how to like what that's like, how do we learn? What the T is on, like, I feel like... Because it's giving space. That's Nobody a wants really to talk good about Somebody did teach conversation, me. and a lot of people don't mm-hmm. get to... If you don't have yeah, a fairy no. godmother, <laughs> right. someone that teach, takes you under their wing and says, this is how it's done. Yeah. You go in, you get... <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene in... What's that, The Skinny? Y'all remember that movie? I do, yeah. You probably don't remember that movie. In, uh, you have a, Jesse in that movie? movie? It was called huh? The Skinny? The Skinny? Yeah. You what, remember that movie? I, yeah. I feel like Justin Ross was in it. Very familiar. Yeah. Yeah, they um. Oh, there's, there's a, a scene. scene. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe that's something we'll bring back to the surface cool. level table. At a, a I'm like, time. do I do it on my back? Do I do it on my knees? Do I do it standing oh, up? Back. Tony, like, Tony, like, Tony, like, <laughs> like it's just so all right, many... Tony. We are gonna take knees off offline. Okay, do I do it on my back? <laughs> no, that, don't do it you, on your back. The, no, we <laughs> gonna we gonna sex. You can do on your back. You can do on your knees. You can do it. But like when you talking about douching, we gonna we gonna get to that. Gravity. We gonna we gonna go back to somebody's apartment at this room. We're going to do a, a, a demonstration. Okay, here you go. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Bitch. <laughs> it's an exorcism. <laughs> Get it out of me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, because then we got to talk about the people who don't use ammonium or whatever, ammonium. And like, yeah, that's a good. Wait, what's we that? Gonna, oh, we, we, we got to go. We're going to get to that later. <laughs> yes, niece. We'll get to that later. Okay. Uh, my advice would be to, for someone who's trying to explore their sexuality and they're nervous about public backlash, um, would be to understand that people aren't as bad as we think they are. I just think back to when I was making the decision to come out, I thought the absolute worst. I thought that people were going to just like drop like flies. And there were some people that, you know, walked out of my life after that. But I think that the silver lining was that there was so much support and there was so much um, community that I found in being honest with what I wanted. And so I think that for somebody who's apprehensive and they may think like, first of all, everyone's not trying to expose you. Mm. Everybody's not trying to like take your vulnerabilities and use them against you and make you feel awful and humiliate you. I think that if you're nervous, start with one person that you trust, you trust in the sense that Demond talked about earlier. There was a private situation with two people that trust each other and just allowed each other to explore. Go there, build from there, and you'll. I think that you'll gradually become more comfortable with branching out and exploring more. Um, my final question is a really, really quick one. So it's a yes or no question. And I'm just going to go around the room and I'm going to start with you, Jihad. Have you ever been in an open relationship? No. Daman? Yeah. Tony? Yes. Okay, and I think I have before. Uh, <laughs> so, thank you. It was open for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about that on part two of this mini series because it's all about fluidity in relationships. So, make sure you check back with us next week. And if you enjoyed part one, let's keep the conversation going. Let us know your thoughts and questions at surfacelevelpodcast.com. And remember, 
stay curious.